Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jack Eichel takes a shot at the VGK Wags. We discuss that next, right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas, thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. Find us at Twitter, on Twitter, on X. We're not on X, but it's on X. At TD Chris G, at Tony Dasco, at Locked On VGK. We are brought to you today by Bird Dogs. You could go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or enter the promo code LockedOnNHL for a free white tech hat like the one that we are sporting both today. And if you uh, do that with any order, you receive the free hat. You won't want to take off your Bird Dogs. We promise you. Jack Eichel, Chris. Jack Eichel. Uh, he was on the Missing Curfew podcast this week, and Jack takes an enormous swipe, a shot at the VGK <laughs> wives and girlfriends plus side pieces, the Wags. Did he ever, right? So he said game five against Dallas in the conference finals when the Golden Knights could have closed out the series against the Stars. Well, Jack said some of the wives and girlfriends plus side pieces, were saying, what are we going to do after the game if we win tonight? Oh, boy. And, you know, these guys have to be at least a little bit superstitious, correct? So the Wags, the Wags were planning already to celebrate the game with the victory. And as we know, VGK loses that game 4-2 to two to Dallas. So they send the series back to Dallas, and VGK finally closes it out there. He said that the Wags were saying, are we going to do this? Are we going to do that after the game? They already were making plans. And as we saw, VGK comes out a little bit flat. They lose that game. And Eichel said, you know, they already were getting ahead of themselves. He said that this kind of stuff kind of bothers me. And uh, let's focus on winning. Let's focus on winning because he's a, a very intense guy, I would imagine, at game time when – uh, the beer hangover is gone. <laughs> and, and Eichel then said, you know, playing game five against Florida in the cup final, he said he told everyone, I don't want to hear about what's going to happen after this game until game five is over. And he added, if we win this game, if we win that game, we win the Stanley Cup and we can go wherever. I'm sure that they have plans already. <laughs> and he said, worry about taking care of business. Now, now I get a sense, Chris of why VGK is a better road team than at home. Ah, that's pretty funny. Um, I mean, this is a taste of Jack Eichel, the leader, I guess, right now. I mean, it's kind of a, a, a goofy, funny story, but in the same breath, he does have a serious side to him that maybe people don't necessarily see or probably better yet want to acknowledge. And I just want to know um, if uh, if the wives and girlfriends, if they – 
left game five early to start celebrating or <laughs> if they stayed to the end. Of course, that's a shot at um Shay Theodore's. I don't know if it's fiance or, or, or wife. I'm sorry for not knowing that, but Whack. she made a comment. I believe it was during the Edmonton series about the fans oh. effing leaving early. And it's like, just you have no right to say that. So whatever. I mean, but back to Jack Eichel in the locker room and all of that, you know, it's, these series can turn, right? And that was the first time in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and really the only time in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that there was any concern, right? The Golden Knights had a 3-0 lead. All all is certain they're going back to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in six years. And then Dallas wins one game. Okay, give them a game. They got to win a game. It's It's hard to sweep, right? And then Dallas wins the next game. And Dallas has the home game for game six. It's like, okay, this isn't good. So... That's just an idea of uh, the influence that Eichel has over the locker room. And when he steps up and stands up, people listen. It just shows me, though, the infrastructure of this team sometimes gets away. Maybe this perhaps was That's all teams, country. Tony. That's all teams. That's okay, all teams. Okay, but, you know, the again, the country club atmosphere that Max Pacioretty always talks about. Like, why would they be last year, last year, already? last year. Okay, but again, great leadership. I'll, I'm going to give Eichel again. We're pointing towards leadership here. Yes, yes. Saying enough of this nonsense. We do, we have to go out there and play. That's a leader. He went into the locker room and said, "Okay, everyone, just tell everyone else around you these are the distractions we're talking about to just shut up. You know, we're just we have to play. We have to win first, and then we celebrate." Yeah, no doubt. And it was interesting watching the interview as it progressed. And Eichel, like, it, it was, it was a really good interview, minus the fact that, and I, I tweeted this last night. I don't understand why all these random and not random, but all these, you know, high end, I guess, higher level podcast people, why they got to drop an F bomb every like third word and they have to emphasize it. Like it's not just. They randomly throw it in like two people talking. They, they emphasize and I don't, and that's the only swear they say. That's the only swear word they do. That's the only thing I still don't understand. And it's, <laughs> it's not just, a, it's not that one, but Cam Strick did it. And of course, McAfee, it's every, okay, and then it's why every are word. they like two and a half hours or two hour podcast? Yeah. Who's got time for that? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we get the, you guys like, in out in 30 on minutes. One, in this instance, right? Uh, it's called the missing curfew podcast. Yeah. The first 48 minutes was just nonsense. Jibber jabber. It's fluff. It's fine. I mean, it's what they do. People, I'm sure it people wasn't like exciting. It. It, I mean, it wasn't compelling. It wasn't anything. I wasn't entertained. Were yeah, you? no, that's that's were you that's... effing entertained? Um, I was effing hitting the fast forward button. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> we know where the Eichel to, um, interview was, right? Yeah, no, the and the Eichel interview was good. Like, I want to give these guys good. their their credit. It was good. Eichel, like, it took them about a good 10, 15 minutes, but Eichel broke down the barriers. And even at the end, when they were talking about the concerts and stuff, like, it was just, it was just guys talking about going out and having a good time. I thought that was kind of cool, but I did enjoy the perspective of Eichel once they got into the locker room between the second and the third. They knew at that point, right? And I think the final I, I, game in the closeout game. Again. Yeah. I wish there would be some type of. I'm sure at some point there will, but a, a, a camera of just what they were like at that point. Because you know, going down the hallway, they're high five and they're hooting and howling, so, hollering and celebrating. And then you know, behind when the doors close, they're looking at HR, looking around the room. Now they're starting to think about it, and that would have been the moment. Like it's, I don't know. As a Blackhawks fan, it was interesting the way we got to enjoy the Stanley Cup. So the first Stanley Cup, when I'm talking the modern era, guys, not not the not not the black and white days, but um, 
when the Golden when the Blackhawks won their first Stanley Cup, it was a strange overtime goal by Patrick Kane that no one in on the ice or the broadcast knew. Besides Patrick Kane, it was a goal. It was a strange feeling. And then you have the situation in Boston where they get the two goals in 17 seconds in game six. And you go from, okay, there's going to be a game seven to jubilation in such a short period of time. But then the game against uh, Tampa, the closeout game two years after that, we got to, we got to enjoy that game a little bit better. Same thing with this Golden Knights game. It was, uh, you knew not long after game five started, besides the first few shifts, which Eichel said he was terrible on, you knew what was happening after that. I'm so curious to see what the temperament will be like with this team after they come off. Things change after you win a championship. Of course. Players change. Some guys get cockier. Some guys get paid. All of that, right? And again, which happened. Will be, yeah. And we'll Two see players, what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens, you know, during this offseason. What's the locker room going to be like minus O'Reilly Smith? But I do like what Eichel did say about his teammates, said it was a very close knit group. He said, you get to the point where you care about the guy next to you more than you do yourself. And I thought I, that was pretty cool. I got my, this is my little cheat sheet. It's also, it's also my sports bets from yesterday. A lot of X's. I missed a lot of games, but, um, Man. Yeah, it was bad. Did the five, Cleveland five, game win? No. I went 5-9-1 nine, and one or something yesterday. But okay. right here I was the quote about caring more about the person next to you than, than yourself. It's so like we were on the same. to me, bro. What's I, that? It looks like hieroglyphics. Uh, I, I, I could have been a doctor. I got the hand of a doctor. You need, to, you need to put it on a napkin. I'm going to start planning our show like that again. I, I'm on post-it better. notes. Yeah, we, we, we were getting better numbers in the, in the napkin days. Now that we're like, <laughs> now that we exchange a text message like four hours before the show and start planning, numbers are tanking right now, folks. So, um, yeah, well, we got we to gotta redo this a little bit. And and Eichel had a little bit of that take that in him you know oh, just he, a little was, just a little a little he, he would just you know you think about all the people that doubted you in the past all the negativity that people had to say about him he said they never played on teams with me they were my Bingo. teammates Bingo. yeah i thought that that was pretty good but he definitely silenced the doubters he got a dig too he did get a tiny dig um about he hasn't he's had many long summers before this so that was a, a very tiny dig at Buffalo, but he's earned the right to do that. I mean, I don't understand. I did an article for Vegas Hockey Now. There's my plug, Tony, for Vegas Hockey Now. And it was 23-24 expectations. Jack Eichel. And talking about his season, talking about what we hope he's going to do next season. And particularly on the Facebook side of uh, Vegas Hockey Now, and it's always people from Edmonton and 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 north and, and and the northeast up in New York that are commenting, but they're just blasting him. You know, he quit on his team. Dude didn't quit on his team. He wouldn't let him get a surgery. I mean, right? You know, and he's got bad character. Well, okay, fine. He was a you know what a nineteen, twenty, twenty one year old kid. You know, with the who's going to be a top two draft pick. Of course, he's a little bit cocky, and like that's what's the problem here? I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't experience the Jack Eichel through the eyes of being a Sabres fan and, you know, watching how bad that franchise was and how bad it's been for the last 13 years right now. And apparently that's all Jack Eichel's fault. But, you know, I, I just really want to understand why there's all this hate for Jack Eichel. I mean, obviously in Vegas, there's a Stanley Cup. He's a model citizen here. So it's, we have the Vegas eyes. We have, we have foggy eyes as well, but I really want to dig into why. They hate Jack Eichel. Why, why the country outside of this little 
picture like one of those like heat maps, if you will, where it says what states are supporting what team in like a, a championship series. Vegas is gold. The rest of the country is red as far as there's 49 states that hate Jack Eichel and one state that loves him. I don't I don't understand that. And the more he wins, the more hate he will be feeling. Uh, Misha Donskoff's perfect endeavors perfect coming up next, right? Uh, Misha Donskoff's future endeavors take him to Dallas. He'll be working for his former boss, Pete DeBoer. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. That was good. That was good. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, through the leg, giving you a truly special and sculpted look. I actually wore my bird dog shorts that we just got in our care packages, Chris, out on the golf course, and I actually won for once over my three other friends. And I'm not very good. You were by so yourself. I was, I was hitting the ball. You were by yourself. Once. Bird dogs, uh, their shorts do the exact same things as Lululemon, but they fit a lot better. And the fit is actually that they fit better than regular shorts that are made of like this stiff and restricting cotton. And they're actually, they're really cool. And they've got this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So right now, go to birddogs.com slash NHL. And or you can just enter the promo code locked on NHL and you will receive, Chris, it's time to point to our hats, a free white tech hat with your order. That's right. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or utilize the promo code locked on NHL for a free white tech hat. And you won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. After I won in golf for the first time in a jillion years, I did not take off my bird dog shorts. We should we should do a okay, Tony. Here's an idea for a show. We should do we should go to that little put the little nine hole course on on the strip down there. Yeah, and we should like record a podcast while we're golfing, <laughs> like four or five minutes of talking, hit our shots, record each other hitting our shots. It would be terrible. a two hour podcast, even for nine holes, the way that I play. Oh, okay. over, over. So the Twitter, we will never forget the Twitter or the X tweet or 8 whatever. 8.42 p.m. on a Sunday night. 8.42 okay. p.m. On our staff since year one and now a Stanley Cup champ. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, it didn't say that. It said, thank you, Misha Donskoff, and best of luck in your future endeavors. Oh, that was just harsh, man. And I thought Misha Donskoff, we've talked about this a few weeks ago. I thought he would actually wind up in Columbus near his home um, with Mike Babcock there because uh, they were on Team Canada together and all of that. And instead, now Don Scoff has been hired this week by the Dallas Stars. And uh, Don Scoff will be reunited with his former boss, Peter DeBoer, along with former VGK assistant coach Steve Spott. We still don't know what actually happened there. I'm trying to dig in and hopefully There's nothing. Find There's out. nothing out there. There's nothing out there. Why he left his team rather abruptly with that nasty that was just come on, man, that wasn't cool. So do you think that he already had a contract and a deal in place to go to Dallas? No. Or do they just say you've run your course here in Vegas? Get out of here. I guess the first question we ask ourselves, and this is probably not public information, is what was his contract? Was this a and I don't want to put this in terms of players because I don't I'm assuming it's a lot different for the staff and the management, but 
was he still under contract for 23, 24 and beyond? That's my first question. Was this a mutual contract termination? Did they fire him? Did he quit? Like these are the questions that we need to get answered before. It was harsh. It was harsh, man. No, like, when that's the future, not how you treat an employee. When the future, I, I talked about this when it was announced, guys. When a company, especially in the corporate world, which the Golden Knights are, they're a corporate company, I guess. But when that future endeavors, good luck in your future endeavors. That's BS. That's BS for, you know, it's something you have to do. You have to acknowledge when someone of a high rank leaves and, you know, it's you just know the difference. You just, you just know, guys. There's a lot of you nodding your heads with me out there as you're listening and watching this. So you understand. And those of you that don't understand, you will understand when you see this down the road. So you just gotta roll with us on this one. But I mean, an 8:42 tweet on a Sunday night when no one is paying attention to, to Twitter or X or whatever the heck it's called right now. It's just it's it's all very odd. And of course, the speculation part of this because that's what we got to do. That's what we are as media. We're gonna speculate and guess a little bit here. And I, and what, this isn't my theory. Someone pointed this out on Twitter, X, whatever it is. I forgot which one of our uh, followers said this, but I really think it's got something to do with Ryan Craig getting the Silver Knights. I really think I said that. there's I something said that. there. You said that and someone else said, okay, so there's a lot of people saying that. There's okay. a lot of people. No, that maybe, was just maybe, my speculation said on my Twitter. Because <laughs> I'm um, just uh, negative. I'm but Don Scoff has more coaching experience than Ryan Craig. Craig came right out of the AHL and right into um, an assistant coaching role with, okay, the Maiden Men now, obviously. Ryan Craig has come through Brandon. Mm-hmm. Kelly McCrimmon. Misha Donskoff, I don't think, has any direct ties to Brandon. So that might have something to do with it right there. But Donskoff had been coaching prior to being with the Golden Knights and in analytical roles and all sorts of other things before he got to Vegas. So you know, if you're comparing experience versus experience, Donskoff, you know, gets the nod there. Now, we're not knocking Ryan Craig. Ryan Craig might end up being a better coach than Donskoff would have been. We're not going to know because we won't get an apples to apples comparison. But I could see Donskoff saying, guys, I'm, I've been an assistant this long. Now I got my cup. I got nothing left to do here unless I'm going up. Otherwise, I'm going somewhere else where I feel like I got a shot. And he does have a history of Pete DeBoer, not a long one, two and a half seasons, but there is a history there. And you know, it's kind of a new beginning for him. And I mean, I don't know, hopefully he can help get, get Dallas over the hump because we know Pete DeBoer can't do it by himself. I think the wags were speculating. Where are we going to go? The wags come back. The wags well, come back. I got it. Everything comes full circle, as you know, on Apparently, show. Yeah. Okay. So the wags were saying, where are we going to celebrate when Misha Donskoff gets fired? Uh, he was the head of hockey operations uh, for three years, four years behind the bench. And remember Kelly McCrimmon, though. He did uh, a wholesale firing along with Pete DeBoer when he was let go. Steve Spott was let go. Ryan McGill was also fired at the same time. And they retained, oddly enough, Ryan Craig and Misha Donskoff at the same time. So there might be a little bit of truth there to what we're saying or guessing at least. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely there's definitely trouble in paradise right now. And taking a step farther you know, this is something that's not probably getting enough attention right now are the changes behind the bench and the changes that are happening. And the Golden Knights won a Stanley Cup in a very, you know, dominating fashion once the playoffs started. But now you're changing things up. Now you're changing things behind the bench and things like that. And hopefully that's not going to lead to, you know, a a trouble situation. Cassidy, I feel, is tough but fair but tough to work with in the sense that 
I'm sure the coaching staff is held to the same level of accountability as the players are, if not a higher and even harsher level of accountability. So now we have two different faces behind the bench. That's, that's a concern. It could be a plus. Maybe the, maybe the change in leadership will help from things becoming, um, repetitive, I guess, and stuff like that. So it could be a good thing or it might not be a good thing, but, Outside of my concern over the goalies, which I'll talk to any of you in the world on Twitter about that if you want to talk about it. Outside of my concern about the goalies, I'm equally or even greater as concerned as to um, the composition behind the net or behind the bench. Dominic Ducharme was added. Uh, Joe Ward from the AHL. Those are the two new additions behind the bench. And I'm just so curious if Bruce Cassidy had any input into who he's going to work with because he didn't when he first arrived. Why Ducharme? Why? Why? That's why the question. And Joel Ward, yes, I'm in. I'm in on Joel Ward. Okay, 100%. yeah, well, promotion, obviously, on the upward uh, trajectory and all that. Ducharme, and now you have three former or current head coaches on that bench. Could be fireworks. Coming up next, we take a look at where the cup has been. Where did it spend last night? Where were you last night, Cup? We'll be back with more right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Uh, we are both wearing our Bird Dogs hats today. We are. Uh, make sure that you check them out, birddogs.com slash NHL and get one of these free caps with your first order. And, uh, of course, uh, coming up on Fridays, we've got WTF, What the Friday. That's the clean edition. Uh, we don't have to throw in the F word. F-bombs on this podcast. Very no. neat and tidy and clean. We do Even talk before about they told us not to swear, we didn't swear. This is very true. And again, you know, the WAGs are out there. They're celebrating something today. It's always a celebration day. Uh, check out the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. Please subscribe there. And so we saw yesterday uh, we had both Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson sharing the cup, which I thought was rather rather strange. If the scout gets like a day or a half a day with the cup. I'm sure they both still get their day, Tony. Stop it. Do you really think so? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I think they they both probably wanted to have it in in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. We got corrected. Even on the tweet, we got corrected. I went back to saying Calgary just to be sort of kind on a tweet. And they said, no, it's Calgary. And that's where we're going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Hill played in uh, minor league hockey there in Calgary. And one year in the juniors, and um, again, Hill saying after uh, or during the cup run yesterday where he had the cup, and he said it was rather a blur the last couple of months. I'm so concerned right now about them getting back to their focus. Uh, They've had more time off, right, uh, here than maybe typically they would. They had more intent and purpose a season ago, having not made making the playoffs and so i'm just curious and and logan thompson also played minor league uh, hockey there in cal gary but again like when does this team bring it all back and really start to focus on hockey because they've been out partying and enjoying the cup and doing things that you're supposed to do right when you win the stanley cup that was a funny mention back to the podcast for a second with jack eichel um 
August 1st is like the day when the players kind of start, okay, you got to start thinking about hockey again. They kind of start skating. Eichel mentioned that uh, it was just a funny exchange there. But um, I'm with you, Tony. It's repeating is tough, although the Tampa Bay Lightning had three straight cup appearances. Could have been four if they wouldn't have flubbed uh, in the first round of the year before that. But Colorado was built to run deep. The Blackhawks, they basically won a year, took a year off, won a year. The Kings did the same thing. Pittsburgh went back-to-back. So while it's very hard to get back there, that's what everyone says. You look at recent history, and recent history would would suggest that it's not as hard to be competitive, at least, uh, you know, the immediate year or two years after. And back to what we've talked about a bunch on this show, the Golden Knights are built, you know, less Riley Sands, Riley Sands, well, less Riley Smith, unfortunately, but Barbashev replaces him, which is a better deal for the money. Um, Back to the appearance in Calgary. Uh, It was nice. They were raising money for the Alberta Children's Foundation. Just five bucks a person to get your your autograph picture and all that money went to the Children's Foundation up there. So I thought that was a nice nice little touch as they're just trying to give back a little bit to the community. But um, you still wonder how much these guys are talking about who's going to get more of the net next year, who's going to start... Who's going to start that Stanley Cup, or who's going to start the the banner-raising game and all that? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. And we had a fan ask us as well, will there be a public appearance here in Las Vegas of the Stanley Cup? And, I mean, it would only make sense. The answer is yes, there's going to be. Keep going. Okay, for the season ticket holders, you think there'll be something there, where you can there, there should. I think that would be a nice touch at some point. I mean, listen, the, the Stanley Cup is pretty busy right now doing what it does whenever a team wins the cup. And they said 90 days, remember at the start of this, it's a 90 day tour. Yeah, I mean, so who you hasn't know, had it yet? Marcia so Carlson, you. Yeah, yeah, Nick Hague, I think, gets his later on, if I recall, from the softball game and stuff like that. And it's it's making its way through the ranks. And I'm sure they each player has to say where they want it. They get a questionnaire. Where are you taking the Stanley Cup? And then, like, the IHL scheduling committee comes in, and it's so rigged, you know, because they have so many back-to-backs. And st- Sorry, I'm, I'm sounding like Tony, guys. I'm sounding like Tony here for a second. Um, I, I do want to go over just – I was looking – I wrote another article that's coming out at uh, actually right now on Vegas Hockey Now – by the time uh, this show airs, it'll be out there. And it's the expectations in net next season for Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. I had to slow myself down, right? And uh, I still keep not arguing, but reminding people that just because Aiden Hill got the big extension, he's not locked into the starters net. Like he's not the number one goalie here. The money doesn't matter. And something I dug up yesterday Through January 28th last season, both goalies were still relatively healthy up to that point, Hill and Thompson. In those first 30 or whatever, 40, 40, whatever games that was right before the All-Star break, Thompson had 35 appearances to Aiden Hill's 18 appearances. So it was a two-to-one threshold right there. Just because Hill got the contract and he was the last goalie that was able to stand in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, less Jonathan Quick, he is not guaranteed the net. I think Aiden Hill probably gets the start on the banner nights. I think that's a ceremonious thing to do. But after that, it's going to be 50-50, maybe even a little more tilted towards Logan Thompson. The hot hand is going to come into play. But Logan Thompson is the better of the two goalies, guys. And I think uh, that's something that a lot of people forgot all of a sudden. Did you see uh, Larry Brossois? He had the couple. Uh, I think it was a replica because he was a backup. 
he uh what someone say they were wondering when his hip-hop uh album comes out like he kind of had that vibe going on and stuff you know he looked looked like a looked like a rock star in that moment right there when, when he was holding the microphone and stuff okay we it was a good forward. album cover it's a good album cover <laughs> we look forward to uh taking a look at your vegas hockey now article which you could find of course and we retweet it at Lockdown VGK, you could find it there. At TD Chris G, of course, he always pops that out there and great content here, especially during the off season. So it's my tough. friends are just yeah. amazed. No, they're amazed at the amount of content we still have, and I'm mean, like, it writes itself. VGK, we don't dig for we we don't we don't dig for this. We don't we dig don't for have this. to we dig, don't dig at don't all. Dig. They, of course, it pretty much uh, they serve it up for us. So uh, enjoy your WAG celebrations today, you know, at the completion of the show. I think uh, we could finally wrap things up here. We thank everyone for tuning in, especially our everydayers, the folks that keep things going and moving. The everydayers and, and their WAGs. There you go. And their WAGs. You like the S and WAGs that I added in side pieces. I think you like the that. first time you said that I, I like I literally cut you off like I just did right there. And I'm like, what does that mean, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> for my man chris Golick, i'm tony Cardasco. we're back again on friday don't forget uh leave us some of your comments remarks what have you blast us or whatever you do have fun um need to with coach WTF, that part. Do it by themselves. friday for chris Golick, i'm tony Cardasco from las vegas thanks again for tuning in see you again on friday right here on lockdown golden knights take care